0: audaciousness podcast with me Helen Strong and me Maribel Ortega. In this podcast we showcase individuals who have set themselves bold and audacious goals and have worked to achieve them with the aim of inspiring others to also set themselves audacious goals and to create a positive
1: movement in the world. We'd like to highlight the fact that even regular people like you and me can have audacious goals and that role models are in fact all around us. Each and every one of us can have an impact in some way. Thank you for joining us. We're delighted to have you with us. So, Maribel, this is quite an exciting thing that we're doing today, recording this podcast, because for the first time in the history of audaciousness, <laughs> we're sitting in the same room, because you've decided to visit me here in the Outer Hebrides.
0: Exactly. I I am enjoying this uh new way of uh recording uh the podcast it has been great it it has been an adventure to come over here it took me and my son ricardo over i mean it could have been quicker but it took us a week to get to get here um and uh, it's amazing and it's also a great opportunity to also have the experience of uh Doing interviews uh,
1: together and now recording the podcast. Yeah. And uh, we haven't seen each other for about three years now. So it's great. It's lovely to have you here (laughs) (laughs) in person. And uh, yeah, so, so we're recording some episodes here. Um, and this is the first one that we're recording uh, face to face with each other.
0: Yes, and it's also a very special guest mm. that, that we had for for this episode. So why don't you tell us about uh, the person we're going to be hearing of today?
1: I will, and this is actually a guest. Her name is Jen Armstrong, and I met her for the first time when she came to visit me here as um, a guest at our bed and breakfast. Um, so we were sitting in this exact same room that we're sitting in right now, um, so she she visited She, she booked in um, just for a couple of nights About a year ago It was a year ago actually August of last year And I got to know her And the reason that she came To visit me here on this very remote island In the North Atlantic Is that even though we are so remote There is just a mile away from my house From our bed and breakfast A first class recording studio mm. Where artists and musicians come from all over the uk i'm not sure that whether they come from further afield but they come to record albums because it's such a a good recording studio Mm -hmm. and it's this soundproofed place in this very remote location and that was the reason that jen came up because she was working on her debut album And so I met her then and we found that we had a lot in common in terms of our love for animals and um, the environment and nature and a a lot of things. We just found that our values were very in alignment with each other. And so we we had a lot to talk about then. And then she came back another two times, I think, in the last year um, to finish off her album. And we've, uh, we've... become quite good friends in that Mm. period and she finally released her album just a couple of months ago I think in June I got a copy of it I've been listening to it almost every day since then because I just love the the album I love the music and I love the lyrics because you can feel that she's put so much passion into it and Mm. she's really you know singing from the heart And so when her album came out and I listened to it, I said, Jen, we've got to get you on the podcast. (laughs) So she kindly agreed to talk to us and we interviewed her a couple of weeks ago online um, from her location in England. And just to edit something in here now, please stick around until the end of this episode because we have a very special surprise coming up at the end
0: exactly so let's listen now to the interview with jen and we'll come back in half an hour to talk about what we learned here's jen Armstrong. we hope you enjoy the interview
1: So hello, Jen, and thank you very much for agreeing to talk to us for our podcast, Audaciousness. Uh, We're very pleased to have you on our show. I'd like to kick off by you saying a little bit about yourself and in particular, the audacious things that you do in the world.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Well, hello, everyone. Uh, It's an absolute pleasure to be here. So thank you for the invitation. I'm a professional musician. I've been doing music my whole life. But in the last few years, I found veganism and my songwriting has naturally gone to a path of writing for animals and for freedoms and for the rights of the beings who live on this planet. Uh, and, and I released an album over the summer, this summer, 2022, with those kind of songs. And now that's what I'm passionate and, and about doing and, and sharing at the moment just with uh, audiences around the UK but uh, I'm hoping to play them live to uh, Europe next year and just further afield sharing these messages of uh, truth and compassion and love and yeah it's what I live and breathe now it's all I can really do I've been a songwriter my whole life it's just naturally gone into uh, the field of animal rights and in the last year, human rights. (laughs) Mm,
1: Yeah. And I've got a copy of the CD and I've been listening to it for the past four weeks since you sent me the copy. Thank you very much for that. I just love it. I love every song on the album. Yeah. So I want to ask you then, you said you, you got into veganism and then it's become a passion for you to stand up for animal rights. So what is it about animal rights and the animal wrongs that we're doing in the world now that gives you that passion?
2: Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a mixture of two things it's it's one the animals don't have a voice and and I've witnessed what they go through and I think it's just it's it's not it wasn't a conscious decision it just it just naturally happened I I watched this one particular documentary called Land of Hope and Glory and I think music is why well, I know it's my therapy I know that now and I wrote the song through you know through the animals eyes uh and I, I became the voice of these animals who are trapped in this situation, a situation that could be very easily changed, but it's, it's not down to them, it's down to us. And so I feel that my voice is, is sort of representing them. But equally, as I say, I, I've realised that songwriting is, is my therapy and I, I, I experienced um, through videos, documentaries, um, and sometimes even witnessing it uh, for myself in, in real life, what these animals especially farm animals, are subject to and what their lives are and what their the end of their lives looks like. And it's, it's super traumatic, uh, especially for uh, somebody who's got empathy and got compassion for other humans, but other beings as well. It's, it's really traumatic seeing what these animals go through. So uh, songwriting for me and writing these animal rights songs has, has been quite important, I think, for my mental health. It's an outlet for me, you know, the emotions that I've been feeling and and to actually be able to put into words and into music what happens is, again, I think quite therapeutic for me because I feel like I'm actually doing something about it. It's, it's a helpless situation to a certain degree because they're not my animals. Mm. And if I tried to do something about it, I'd be seen as a criminal and I'd be put in prison. But writing songs about it you're sort of getting across what is happening but in a illegal way and in a beautiful way as well and music i think is quite a good medium to to get thing messages like this across because it's not done in a pushy way and it's not done in a an angry way it's just it's music and people love music you know we're, we're naturally that that's who we are we are you know, music is in us Um, So I think it's quite a good way to put messages across that um, people can understand and they can
1: empathise with as well. Mm -hmm. So when the message gets across, what impact are you hoping that it'll have? I guess um, my
2: main goal is to show people the truth uh, while simultaneously trying to get through to their hearts and their, their higher selves and who they innately are. Because uh, innately, I, I don't think anybody wants to actually hurt an animal, um, hurt another person, you know. But the way the, the system has been set up, you know, a lot of it is we're so disconnected from what happens.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, and and it's my aim to, to rejoin that and rejoin what we've been disconnected from whilst giving people... I guess, empowering them, but giving them hope, giving them other, you know, solutions as well. So, yeah, share, sharing the truth, but also um, giving options for people. that So they're not, if I just say this is what happens to animals, and then nothing else, I think that might leave people feeling just the same, or it may be even worse, because they're like, oh, well, this is happening. I've no idea what to do about it. But my song's, they're truth songs, but they're also empowering songs so that people can realize that we we have the the power to change our behaviors and you know, change the way that our lives look and what we do every day and, and to make people realize that our choices do have impacts. Is that the question answered? <laughs> I,
0: think, I think so, yes. Helen and I were talking yesterday and uh, talking about leadership and precisely there was this dichotomy on, of um, how do you move people to how can you inspire them and move them to, to do something and you just mentioned truth compassion and love as opposed to to being angry and pushing and, and telling people you have to do this mm-hmm. and just let them think well maybe that's a good idea what, what jen is, is singing about
3: mm-hmm. and
0: while you were saying all that since i don't know how to compose or how to write music for me is difficult to to like kind of understand what is happening within you could you take us behind the scenes and tell us a little bit how for you composing music works in a therapeutic way
2: yeah of course thank you so usually my the the way my songs are created uh, i'll sit down at the piano because the piano is the the instrument that i love writing on and then I use my voice as well Uh, but I'll sit down at the piano and I just love improvising different chords and just coming up with different patterns and I might come up with a chord progression that then inspires me to um, start singing a melody over it and from that from that melody then maybe just the way the the I hear the melody sounding words will come and if if you know, I've got something on my mind that I want to write about, um, or some things, you know, inspired me that's sort of going, going around in my, in my mind, then those sorts of words might start to form into this melody. And so yeah, it usually starts with a phrase. And from that phrase, you can kind of gauge what the rest of the song might become. Sometimes it can flow out within sort of an hour. and, And it's, Practically finished, but then sometimes, you know, you'll you'll come up with something really strong. And you're like, yes, this this is going to be amazing. And for some reason, it just doesn't. The rest of it doesn't really flow. It doesn't come out. So sometimes I'll take a few weeks. Sometimes even months. Come back to a, 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 an idea that I had. And yeah, the the words I. I know that it's it is me creating them but at the same time I do feel like I look back at some of the songs I've written and and I do think that it wasn't me writing them at the same time some of the you know the words I've come out with I I acknowledge that I wrote them but equally I feel like they they were something that was just needing you know a vessel (laughs) finding something to come through and I think we have a
0: good idea what you mean.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, all I can say is I just I just love I just love music and I just love melodies and 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 just finding different beautiful ways to express myself through these instruments. And yeah, the topics it's just, it's just what inspires me at the moment, you know. Um, my songwriting has changed a lot. I, I, I sort of went through the, the pop music route. And in the pop music world, it's all about three chords. You know, you've got to stick to these same three chords and you've got to stick to a four, four tempo, you know, four beats to the bar. And you've got to write about this and you've got to write about this and you've got to have these sorts of words in. And my brain was very um, narrowed and I, I realised it just wasn't something I was really interested in at all and so I guess the the animal rights songs kind of came in as a as a good alternative to that as well and uh going through that pop world uh, now I'm kind of coming out of it and just just being who I want to be and just writing exactly what I want to write uh, and I, I think I've realized that a lot of, sort of that was innately in me like the the different tempos and the different rhythms in the pop world there they're really, like, squashed, they're they're not really allowed, there's no room for them. So coming out of that world and just doing what I want has been, yeah, really freeing, and I've kind of gone back to a lot of the stuff, you know, rhythm-wise and maybe chords-wise that I maybe explored in my teenage years when I was just getting into songwriting, but in my 20s were kind of, as I say, poo-pooed and, you know, you're not allowed to write about this, and when I say not allowed, when I was writing with other people, you you know, it's collaboration and you'll put ideas forward and some ideas will be met with. Yeah, that's great. And some will be, no, that's too, that's too out there. We need to do this. So you are sort of put in a box to a certain extent in that industry. So I'm I'm grateful that I went through that. uh, And I'm grateful that I found animal rights and, and human rights and, something that um, I feel passionate about writing uh, about and also and and singing about as well because when I'm singing these songs if I'm singing about stuff that I actually don't care about that's really it's hard you know it's because you're, you're not being authentic to yourself and how can you put these how can you put passion across to to your audience when you're not feeling it yourself
0: but that, that, that's beautiful so what you're telling me it's like that there was worst- this moment that you realized I'm conforming to these rules of what popular music should be and and it doesn't feel right and uh, the topics that they say that you need to that that doesn't feel right either and I just want to break free can how did that awakening or realization that you needed to step out of that and find your own truth and be the vessel of of the message that, that you you were put here to, to share. How did you realize that? It was there a moment or how how did that happen?
2: It was it was sort of part of the process of me
0: when I decided I
2: wanted to be a professional musician, I also decided just because this is what you were supposed to do, I decided I wanted to be rich and famous. I wanted to be rich so that I could give my money away, but I wanted money. And it was it was just like a a gradual coming away from that and realizing that I didn't want to be famous. Well, in in how I originally saw you know fame and and what I was trying trying to achieve in my life, I realized that no, I, I didn't I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to sort of be pushed into these boxes that I saw a lot of these other celebrities were kind of being put into and it was just yeah, it was just not not being able to any longer sing about these relationships and sing, you know, a lot of the stuff that's in the charts that I was having to sing and write about. It's just really derogatory against women. And it's just like it's all about sex and and it's just so it's so unhealthy that you know I, I hear these like little girls singing these songs and i'm like oh no these lyrics it's like you know words are powerful and, and what what you're singing about is is what becomes your reality and um i think we're far 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 too focused in that in the pop industry world anyway on sex and on seeing women as uh, sexual objects and that's how it is i was working in this venue in london as I transitioned into veganism and then started writing animal rights songs and the more I kind of got into veganism and into a healthier way of living and seeing yourself and seeing the world I was then moving away from this other other world and this um, venue I was working in just relied heavily on alcohol and, and people just getting off the faces and, you know, touching each other when they don't really know each other. And just, I everything mean, it wasn't, as I say, it wasn't something that I'm like, uh, really consciously thought about. It was just a put like a, me needing to pull away from it. I, I needed to stop drinking alcohol because it just wasn't any more in alignment with who I was. And I'd always been told that you have to do X, Y, and Z to to, get a boyfriend or to to be sexy and it was the realization that actually that doesn't that can't be right because that doesn't feel right and that isn't getting me anywhere and it isn't making me happy so it was yeah it was kind of at the same time as being pushed into this world that I didn't feel comfortable in and realizing there's a lot more to the world that we've been taught and there's a lot more to me and yeah, a lot of the time, if if, if, I, if I felt stuck inside, it, it wasn't necessarily that I was wrong. It was just that, I, you know, it was at odds with what I was being told was right or what I was being told I should be doing. And now I, I understand that. And now if, the you know, I have a feeling I don't want to do this or this doesn't feel right, now I understand that actually it's great to listen to that. And uh, it's probably telling you, exactly what you need to be told you know well perhaps that isn't the right route for you or the right thing for you
1: you sing jen uh, and and thinking uh, you know about the songs on the album there's a a lot of songs they are obviously about you know the conditions that we keep animals in and and you know the the whole animal cruelty part of it but there are a couple of songs which i think are really really good which are about power that we have the power to do something and so You know, on the one hand, it seems to me that in the album you're saying, um, yeah, you know, this is this is the bad part of it. But on the other hand, there is hope. Each of us can change our ways. And you mentioned there, you know, having the consciousness to say alcohol is not for me. Just because I'm at these venues doesn't mean I have to drink alcohol and do all of these things. You have the power. Each of us has the power to change that within ourselves and become conscious of our lives and the decisions that we make. So I'm wondering if you could say a little bit more, a little bit more about that.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to. And yeah, it's just interesting. the The, the album it started off as an animal rights album, and then gradually over this last year, because I've, I've, you know, as I'm sure everyone has, lots of change, and I've realised that what needs to happen is uh, we need to empower the people. And remind them of how powerful they are so the album started as an animal rights album and sharing the truth because that is an integral part of this people need to to know what's happening they need to be reconnected with the reality of the world but equally they need to be reminded that things are a bit crappy it's great because it's all in our power to change the situation and so it started off as an animal rights album and then it turned into a human rights album um equally when i realized that a lot of the songs i was writing for the animals i could apply to the humans that were in those situations i wrote a song called what hell is like and it was written about uk farm animals and then last year when I heard of stories of of elderly relatives rotting away in care homes, not being able to see their family members on their birthday and not being surrounded by their family members when they were coming to the end of their lives. I realised this song is about them. This song is about anybody who's been held prisoner against their will, held captive, whether they realise it or not. They're not being able to live their lives as they should be because of society because of whatever so then it transitioned into an animal rights album where humans are also encompassed in that and then as we were just saying the the key to all of this to our freedom is getting back our power remembering our sovereignty and and knowing that we're here to live and to 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 experience joy and to to comu- communicate with other beings and to collaborate and to live with, with, you know, experience other people. So the album has got a few songs uh, on it that I've called sort of just empowering songs that there are party songs, there are celebration songs of humanity because humanity is amazing. Like what we've achieved and what, what we can do who we are, it's just incredible. We can drive cars, we can make cars, you know? We we can be in the sky. It's absolutely phenomenal what we've achieved and what we can do and people need reminding of that. And yeah, I feel that that's something uh, through society uh, is really, we're really dumbed down and we're told that we can't do this and we have to do this, otherwise we're not gonna be safe. Whereas in reality, this is our this is our home this is our playground and we're here to experience and to live and to be and i I hope that the album as well as sharing the truth also empowers people and reminds them how how awesome they are especially beautiful powerful free yeah (laughs) which has got um is the last chorus has got loads of people from around the world singing on it because i just thought it's it's such an important message and how better to you know it's so strong when people are singing it together and mm. yeah I hope it inspires
1: people. And so what is your vision of the world that you're trying to achieve?
2: The world that I yeah the future um, for me would be <sighs> a complete change in the education system because I, I think that's where <laughs> that's where we that's where we start to be conditioned and put in these little boxes and and taken away from our true selves the, the future I want us to live in is where we're all living or at least striving to live in our higher selves and that is in any moment just taking a moment and how, who, how should I address this situation? Who do I want to be in this moment? Instead of who should I be? Who am I being told to be? What should I be doing? No, listen to yourself and, and, and try and, and, and live by what innately we are here to be and, and who we are innately. So the world I want us to live in starts from that. It starts from listening to ourselves and be authentic to ourselves. And I believe that if that is the case, that happens, it'll be a beautiful worlds, because I don't think a happy, content person wants to hurt another person, and I don't think a happy person wants to hurt another animal. so therefore, in a world where we're all living in our higher selves, or is, you know a- aiming for that at least like nobody's perfect, but aiming for that, animals will be free, and if animals are free, we're free and then we're free to be joyful and we're free to be experiencing rather than, you know, working or grinding away and trying to do this. It's like, no, there shouldn't be any trying. It should be just joy and peace and hard work, don't get me wrong, Like, but where you're working together and it's it's to achieve something tangible and to achieve, you know, it's, it's about progression rather than what we're in at the moment which is just this bonkers nine to five you know I've got time to see your kids put your parents in an old people's home because I've got time or money to you know think about them it's it's I feel that society is not working for the people <laughs> which is
0: a little bit of a weird thing to say but yeah I love that the first thing you said when you answered that question is education we need to start there and that yeah. has been a trope coming over and over in, in our interviews. And to me, it seems like what, what you have been able to, to find is trust in, in your intuition and and what your inner voice is, is telling you. Was there a moment where you felt afraid of not conforming, of, of doing just what you thought this is what I need to do and I'm not going to do the stupid songs like how what would they say that it works Were this fear at a point and if yes how did you deal with
2: that there's never been a point where that's happened but I've always just tried to do the right thing so in the situations where I was in these writing sessions and I was writing about uh, you know my boyfriend he doesn't love me anymore blah 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 blah. I'd just do the right thing and just try and be the best co-writer I could be and just try and work you know I love working with people so I would never be like no it should be like this why are we writing about this it would always be okay well this is what I'm this is what we're working with just do my best uh, in any any situation and I guess just now things have changed so much for me. Because I've realised that a lot of what I've been subject to and what I've been told to do actually wasn't right and actually wasn't fair and actually wasn't the right thing. And I still struggle with it sometimes. If somebody says to me, this is the truth, I just think, okay, this must be the truth then. There's just not, nothing in me that would doubt that. But I've realised that often it's not. that's not the case. And maybe it is their truth, but it isn't the truth. You know, it isn't actually my truth and it's it's being aware of that fact which that might sound weird like maybe that's other people have not had that but for me if somebody said this is what is i would just believe them you know so it's being aware of the fact that somebody's truth might not be in alignment with mine and then having the um the courage and the strength to then just go along with my thing and acknowledge, okay, that's your thing, that's cool, but I'm gonna do this, and this is what I want to do, and that's absolutely fine, uh, as long as it's what I believe, you know. So yeah, but, and just more and more in the last in the last year, it's just I've been uncovering more and more truths, which have then in a way validated how I've always felt, or just changed my mind about something, you know, and then that's actually sat a lot better things like, um, I guess not drinking is a good example. Uh, I, I was taught that drinking was a cool thing to do and that you needed to have a drink. And it's, you know, it's it's, it's shown in society it's a sexy thing to do and maybe an affluent thing to do. But I've realised actually it's freaking damaging um, in every way to your actual body. But also if you're spending 30 quid a night on wine, then you're going to have to make that up, you know, somewhere else. And it's just... Complete waste, complete waste of money and time and energy. So that was something that uh, I realised. Oh, hang on, this is what I was taught, but it doesn't make any sense. And and now I'm starting to understand why it doesn't make any sense, which is giving me, you know, empowering me more as well, and to
1: make me feel secure and strong in in my inner voice. And when you made those changes and stepped out of the system and transitioned to what you wanted to do, did you receive any kind of backlash from people? And if so, how did you deal with that?
2: Yes, I still still do. I I haven't, uh, the majority of my immediate family uh, haven't spoken to me for a year. (laughs) Wow. Bless them. Bless them. I know. Um, Send them love and I hope that changes. But yeah it's it's a strange one for me because as i say i've all i've ever done is kind of move with the best intentions so it's strange for me to to have all this negativity against just what is my point of view and what is qu- quite a, i don't i don't want to say the right um, point of view but it's it's a val- it's valid it's valid to say that animals don't deserve to endure horrific deaths for, uh you know a moment on our lips it's like i think that's a valid point of view even if it's not something you agree with so to to have this anger about the views i have because all my views but I, I hope and I, and I strive for um are for the best of everyone you know not just for me obviously for me as well because i'm a person and i'm I look out for myself as well, but it's for the good of everyone, including the animals. So I don't really understand this hostility towards a compassionate point of view, but it happens. And I I understand why I understand people's brainwashing and the conditioning and and I do get it, but I I find it hard to truly empathize with because it's not something I, you know, I, it's not something I would move forward with if somebody had a different opinion to me, if I could see they were moving with the best intentions, then I'd want to be educated by it, you know, loving that. Is that one Mm. of the roosters, Helen? Yes, it is. Sorry.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Don't forget about me. Um, and so how do you deal with that? So, you know, you said your parent or your your family members haven't spoken to you and you, you accept it. You send them love and compassion. How else do you deal with people who are maybe digging their heels in or or refusing to change?
2: Well, now, before before when I first went vegan, um, as I think a lot of vegans kind of go through this like, angry phase, and the anger comes because a you realize what's happening the truth but then b when you then go to share this information you're met with um either just indifference or even like anger and it's just such a mind like just just screws with your your mind because you can't understand that a how somebody can just not care but then be just, you know, continue and 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 say you're crazy for, for thinking like this. It's just, it's all pretty. Um, it's a lot to go through, I think. Um, so yeah, originally, uh, initially, I was quite angry from what I was experiencing and and the, what I was getting back from my friends and family who I was sharing this information with. But but now, I want to listen to people who have got a different opinion to me. I either want to be educated. Um, if that's the right words. I don't even know if it is. Inspired. But equally, I want to have these discussions and I want to have discussions because that's how we grow and that's how we learn. And I, you know, I I love these opportunities because it either means that I learn something. In fact, it's it's both. I will learn something, but equally the other person, or the other persons will learn something. Um, And that's how I like to, yeah, approach things now, like conversation. I stand up for what I believe and uh, I really believe in the truth that I hold in my heart, but I, I want to hear from other people and hear their perspectives as well. And obviously everybody's situation is different. So it's, it's good to be reminded of that and it helps with um, empathy as well and compassion when you do hear other people's stories and points of view and it isn't a one size fits all black and white situation in most cases And sometimes people have to do things that they wouldn't necessarily do in an ideal world. So it's good to remind yourself of that as well. And so you're not, you know, getting on your high horse and it's good to be grounded and and, and listen and take part in, in positive conversations and debates.
1: Great. Thanks very much, Jen. This has been a wonderful conversation. I've really enjoyed it. We're coming to the last question now. And this question has to do with the name of our podcast, which is audaciousness. And the audacious part relates to having the audacity to stand up for what you believe in and and do your thing in the first place. And the word ness we discovered when we were trying to find a name for this podcast is an old English word, which actually means a spit of land, which juts out into the sea and remains standing no matter what the elements are throwing at it. So for us, the word audaciousness means having a solid grounding on which to practice your audacity. So our final question to you is, what is it that gives you the solid grounding to continue what keeps you grounded in your vision and your mission, despite everything that life is throwing at you?
2: Yeah, great question. I, I think for me, it's just this, this constant growing and, and, and getting, feeling more at ease and feeling more at peace and feeling more powerful and empowered with what I'm doing and knowing that I'm living in alignment with my truth and I'm doing the best I can. Alongside that, I've developed over the last few years and especially in the last year, uh, practices that help with that inner strength and help with that confidence and, and that connection with our higher selves, things like yoga, uh, things like wild swimming. and And I now walk 90% of the time without shoes. <laughs> Uh, just all these things to bring us back to who we innately are, uh, strip away all the conditioning, all the stuff that um, we've been told is, is what we should be doing because most of it's a lie <laughs> and c- reconnecting with who I actually am. And I guess a lot of that is who, who would we, what would we look like 200 years ago when we didn't have TVs and we, we didn't have rubber shoes uh, you know we didn't have cars all that thing, sort, of, sort of thing and that really helps me it, I like to think that I'm living as I would be if I was not in this lifetime as I am now because I, you know I think a lot of what's we've made some amazing developments and technologies. just it just blows my mind what we can do but at the same time it's taken us away from who we innately are and when we don't know who we are, then how are we supposed to know what we're standing up for and, and what to believe and what to believe in? So just stripping everything away, listening listening to myself um, and, and what I'm saying is not, mi- not me, but m- me, this, this body. What is it that I want to be saying and standing up for? Just being able to say what I want to say through music and feel very fortunate and and very grateful very grateful for for being given this gift and this opportunity to learn musical instruments and to learn how to write songs because it I feel like it enables me to live authentically and share my truth in a, a very accessible way to the rest of society
1: beautiful thank you so much Jen for sharing that
2: Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's been amazing and I love your podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for being here.
0: So Helen, that was a fascinating and thought-provoking conversation there with Jen. Um, And listening or reading to, uh, to that interview again, What were the things that came up, the most important things that came up for you from that conversation?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, as I said just before, the reason that I hit it off so well with Jen was because we share a lot of the same values, and so we... I could talk about this subject for hours because it's something that I'm passionate about as yeah. well. So, you know, listening to her talking about it, I was just, you know, nodding my head the whole time yeah. because I agreed with a lot of what she uh, was talking about. But in terms of, you know, the audacious work that she feels she's being called to do, there's a, there, there's a lot of things coming up that I, that I just thought, yeah, you know, this is not just... For this particular topic that she's involved in, you know, animal rights and so on, mm-hmm. and she she said something when we talked about you know why why did you choose to go down that path? Um, she she mentioned about her her passion and passion um, and what I would call her calling as well. And she said this lovely expression at the very beginning of the interview, and she said, "It's what I live and breathe. It's all I can really do." Mm. and you know whatever it is whether it's animal rights or whether it's whatever your passion is i just love that way of expressing the fact that when you are being called to do something yeah. or when you're doing what you're meant to be doing it's what you live and breathe and you know you 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 can't do anything else and in connection with that what she said later on there was this one line which i thought was 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 very prominent where she said that although it's her writing the songs, she feels that she's just a vessel. Yeah. You know, it's coming through somewhere and going through her her fingers into the piano and her mouth into the words. And that just for me was so strong, this, this feeling that this is what she was put on this earth to do.
0: Yeah, definitely. I, I was immediately reminded to our conversation with Julie Traeger when she used precisely the word vessel, mm-hmm. which I hadn't heard in, in this context. And I remember saying, yes, I, we know exactly what you mean because we even had another guest who, well, kind of like specializes in that. Mm-hmm. And definitely, I, I must admit, I don't get it really i I don't know how how it really happens, but I do have the feeling that that is something real mm-hmm. because i I feel like it's happened to me uh that I have some idea, and I think how did I ever come up with that? Yeah, I'm not like that intelligent <laughs> I mean maybe I am, but it's like where did this idea come from mm-hmm. um and What I find very courageous from her perspective is that I find her courage, her trust in in whatever it is that in in what she's doing so impressive. Mm -hmm. She has this connection with her intuition that she she has managed to to create. And, and, and she listens to that more than anything else that other people are saying. And I think that's one of the biggest hurdles that each one of us needs to overcome in order to do the audacious work that mm-hmm. they could be doing, that, that each one of us could be doing, is ignoring everything that we've been told how the world works and how things are and 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 trust that that inner voice and i was amazed at how accepting uh and 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 how deep she listens to that and Mm -hmm. then just does that
1: yeah, it, it's like having such a strong conviction when, when when you know that you're doing what you're meant to be doing and, and you are just the vessel through which, you know, whatever it is that you're meant to be doing needs to come out into this world. Um, if you have this conviction, and you you mentioned a very important word there, trust. Mm-hmm. And do you remember the um, another singer-songwriter that we spoke to, Claire yes. Tonner? I mean, we called her episode Trust the Nothing yeah, because she, she was just so... Her conviction was so strong that there was this trust out there. You just have to trust let yourself fall into this trust um and everything will be all right you know you'll everything will fall into alignment and this is something else that um that Jen talked about as well. She was talking about when she was re- when she used to be in the pop world and writing music in the in the pop world she was kind of put into a box and conforming to what was expected of her and I guess a lot of us you know do that or have done that in our lives where we just do what society expects of us and don't really question it or we question it but we feel powerless to do something about it yeah um and so she was saying you know I was singing about stuff I I didn't care about and I I didn't think about this actually you know when I was thinking about you you do a dead-end job what I was thinking was a dead-end job was like kind of working in a In a factory or something like this, you Mm -hmm. know, um, that was really just being a tiny cog in the wheel. And I hadn't thought that artists, you know, did dead-end jobs as well and just sung about things that they didn't really care about because I thought singers singing about, you know, these boring topics. Jen mentioned, you know, my boyfriend doesn't love me anymore, and all of this, you know. I thought that, well, this must be a boring person if that's all they're singing about, you know. So people who sung boring songs were boring people, but maybe they weren't. They were just doing like Jen used to do, what was expected of her. And she thought that was what I have to do. But then, you know, at some point in her life, she said, no, I don't have to do that. I refuse to do it. And I need to sing about something that drives me. And that's something I'm passionate about. And I hadn't really thought about that in terms of, artists doing that before.
0: Well you know what now that you're explaining that I'm just getting this comparison because of something else that I learned a couple of days ago and I'm gonna tell you right away is that that pop music industry is like meat mass production.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah I, I think we, we can compare it. Right. It's like the slaughterhouse one pig or one cow after mm-hmm. the other knowing this is what I have to do and actually I don't want to be here mm. and, and and I dread what's happening and, and I just got this connection while you were recounting what what Jen told us that she had to make music, it had to be, you know, uh, four by four or something mm. like that and, and, and topics that these are topics and love and whatever mm. and there was from what she explained, basically zero artistic uh, freedom. Yeah. And a couple of days ago, I, I found out that Spotify, because now musicians, the the way they earn money, or the only way, they, they don't sell CDs anymore. Mm-hmm. Every, every, all music is being streamlined and Spotify is uh, one of the biggest ones. And a musician, for each song, whenever it's listened to, they earn like zero point zero 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 eight something. Mm. So it's like Spotify is making loads of money mm. and the musicians are making nothing. When, when, when I heard that, this, this was someone I, I'm doing my MBA with who's very into the music industry. And he said... I don't listen to music. I don't streamline music mm. anymore because musicians don't get paid. Mm. And the other thing that I was surprised to 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 learn, uh, I th- then I googled. that, I was like, oh my god, I I listen to music on Spotify. I don't I don't think I'm, I'm going to stop this. Um, the CEO of Spotify said. Well, musicians think that they're kind of like on vacation or whatever. They, that you can't come up with an album every three to four years. You need to come up with an album every year. And that's someone who is thinking at looking at something from the business perspective yeah. without any, let's say, moral obligation other than I need to make money, mm-hmm. I need to be a billionaire because music is not produced. I mean, a- any artistic endeavor, it's not just, you know, no. like with a snip- snipping the fingers, I'm just going to produce it. There's a lot of work mm. behind creating one song. Yeah,
1: definitely. And there's all the emotion that goes into it as well. And, and you know, what you've just described as seeing, seeing songs from the CEO's point of view is a commodity. Just a way of earning money, which is how we see animals in this industrial farming mm. complex. That they're all just commodities. Uh, you know, you've got the you've got the throughput of, um, of, of of songs or of animals or whatever it is that we're doing. But it's Jen mentioned about the songs that it's not only that it's not good; it's actually very bad because it's for for instance, the songs are derogatory against women. So mm. it's actually doing more harm they're not having the songs you know the pop songs are actually doing harm because she said she said you've got these young girls who are singing lyrics that they don't even know what they're singing but obviously subconsciously it's going into their minds and Mm. they're getting these impressions about the role of women in society for example so it's actually on a subtle level doing a lot of harm yeah really quite dangerous
0: it, it is. Uh, it, it has been for me eye opening into what the music industry is, actually is, at mm-hmm. least mainstream music, and and just this this insight right now of comparing it to to mass uh, meat production. Yeah. It's
1: a good analogy. Yeah, it's actually yeah. not
0: not so crazy. Yeah, not so different to to compare them. Yeah. I, there's one thing that I, I wanted to mention that I admire in her, and it reminded me of our conversation with another guest, Mariam. Jen discussed that after she changed, or, or she realized, and or her awareness of animal rights and human rights became so clear to her, she has been dealing with a lot of negativity, from from friends and, and family. And the way she talked about it, I thought it was so graceful, so, so humbling because there was no hate yeah. from, from her side. Like, they can't, how come they not understand me? But just, yeah, she even sent them love. I thought that was, mm-hmm. she's so sounds to me in, in peace and, and the line that and and resent less.
1: Yeah, like yeah.
0: they they're not there, they have other ideas and mm. yeah.
1: Yeah, because she's gone through that period and she explained that and I truly resonated with that because I went through that period as well when mm-hmm. I discovered what was really going on. I discovered the truth about how we're treating animals and then I went vegan you know it's like as soon as you discover it it's like oh my god you know how did I not know this before and you're so incensed about it and then you want to go out and tell the world about it and it's like well the world doesn't care even when I'm saying this they still don't care yeah so you go through all of this I just don't get this at all you know I'm telling you this truth and you don't care so you go through this really Confusing period at the beginning when you make this huge truthful discovery, yeah um, and you, and I think you have to get over that because nobody likes an angry activist you know you 're not going to be able to change anything by shouting at people, yeah. and so you have to get past that dealing with your own emotions and accepting that other people are who they are and they are exactly in the place they 're meant to be at that moment. Um, and meet them where they are, and act with more with um, love and and compassion and yeah so i've got something in my notes here that, uh, about dealing with people via you know truth compassion, and love versus anger fear, and force coercion because even if you do use force even if you do have the power to use force, all you're doing is changing the surface behavior and not changing the mindset of the person so that as soon as you're Force, you know, your kind mm. of perceived force dissipates, or you leave, whatever. Then they'll just go back to the original thing that they did before because they haven't changed their mindset. Yeah. So it's it's so important, I think. And and this is what she was saying. You know, what is your vision for the world? Um, and she said, you know, that people do change, and that we live, you know, in peace and harmony. Sounds very hippie, but I, I just believe that we will get there at one one day where. Life is so much in alignment that it doesn't become an effort anymore. You know, we work because we want to, but it's not really work because it's things that we want to do. There's none of this grinding, working, a mm. lot of effort for little reward because everybody's doing what they're meant to be doing and everybody's joyful, obviously not all the time, but in this state of, of peace and harmony. I I do hope that that time comes. I, I am... I have
0: less, <laughs> less conviction that that will happen because human beings have had many chances of uh, proving the contrary, uh, mm-hmm. that that more uh, war and destruction is what is innate to them. And I, I
1: certainly do hope that that, that wish and dream is, is where we're headed. It's up to each of us to change individually and... I think, you know, part of what we are doing in this podcast is to show people, we're showcasing other individuals, Jen and many others, yeah. of of how you can step into what you truly believe in and, you know, deliver to the world what you are meant to be doing and, and it is within all of us. We all have the power within ourselves to change, to do something, to, to heal ourselves and to in healing ourselves we will make a positive change to the world um this is what jen is trying to get out in her songs and this is what we're trying to get out in our podcast and so it is thanks very much for listening to this episode of our podcast audaciousness we hope you enjoyed it as much as we did a huge thanks to jen for sharing her amazingly audacious journey with us and for bringing the truth about this important topic into the world in such an accessible way In fact, we love Jen's music so much that instead of playing out this episode with our normal audaciousness theme music, we're going to end with a track from Jen's album. And the name of this song is The Power Lies in You. And we think this really encapsulates exactly what we're trying to say with this podcast. So thank you so much, Jen, for writing this song. It's like you wrote it exactly for us.
0: (laughs) Yes, great. Well, I love that song. It's very energetic. And yeah looking forward to to listening to this different ending to audaciousness. Uh, If you enjoyed this episode, please give it a like. And if you think someone else would benefit from listening to this conversation, pass it on to them, share it with your friends and family colleagues.
1: We'll be back in two weeks with another audacious guest and another audacious episode. See you then. Bye. Bye.